0: How are we doing fight talk podcast fans we've had a full week of professional wrestling a big old pay-per-view we're about to get into it's Steven Jensen over there it's John Mosley over here man uh, good to be here on a Monday bro very busy weekend uh, for both of us uh you had you watched I mean I, I was at a couple of shows in a couple states but you ended up watching roughly like, 38 hours of wrestling over the weekend.
1: Yeah, I watched a lot of pro wrestling, dude. A lot of MMA. Like, this was a great weekend. Um, you know, we had GCW. We had IWT, a bunch of stuff on IWTV with like ICW and all that good stuff. There was St. Louis Anarchy on Twitch. There was yep. there was a ton of great stuff. If you want to check out IWTV, by the way, use code FIGHTTALK, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K. Uh, throw that in the promo code spot. All is one word with no space. It helps us... Us right here on this show out a lot when you do that but yeah man it was it was fun uh because yeah we had all that wrestling on friday um i can't say it enough man like that gcw show i've been talking about it a lot online that was probably my favorite pro wrestling show i've seen all year especially especially the first half of the show that was like the best like five match run i've seen all year on any show and you know if y'all want to check that out that's on fight tv f-i-t-e fight tv um, so uh, just shout out to Fight TV also for uh, for, you know, putting that show up there because, you know, Fight TV's got a lot of real, really good stuff going on with them, too. Been watched a lot of shows there. The VSX show that the uh, v- VXS. I don't, dude, I hate the name of the, the, the branding for that because S, <laughs> S and X sounds so similar. And, and I always never know if I'm saying it right now. I'm saying like three different times. Violence <laughs> X Suffering. That was on uh, Fight TV as well, and you were on commentary for that for the for the bootleg. So like, yeah, people who listen to this, if you're a fan of, of pro wrestling, there's never been a better time between IWTV and Fight TV uh, to be watching stuff. But yeah, we had that, then we had the the watch along on uh, on Fightful's uh, YouTube channel for the for the UFC pay per view that we're about to get into. So yeah, it was a good weekend, man. Yeah,
0: good stuff all around. Shout out the crew. Shout out everybody uh, giving us some love on the IWTV. But as you just said, my friend, UFC 264 is in the books. Poirier versus McGregor 3 had plenty of finishes. We had a couple of really tight, close, dope decisions. Um, And then uh, anything else you'd want as a fight fan, of course, kicked off with a, a really good early prelim card main event. The rubber match, Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor ends in the doctor stoppage uh, at the very end of the first round, uh, in between the first and the second round, to be exact. Poirier with the win. Uh, we, we, I'm sure everyone saw, um, you know, the screen grab of, of Conor's, the you know, when think the injury kind of happened, and then um, and all that. But but watching the fight, watching the round, uh, Dustin was teeing off a little bit, doing uh, doing what he wanted to do. Tough, you know, with took some shots from Connor early. He was there. You could, you could feel how confident Dustin was in himself and in his performance. Uh, How did you feel obviously about how things went? And then uh, we can get in Dana. White had a lot to say about both these guys and their, their roads uh, after the fight, but, but first for sure, what did you think with how it all played out?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think, I think Connor was getting the better of the kickboxing uh, well, Connor was landing. He was landing good leg kicks uh, throughout most of the first round, um, you know, but Dustin and we were saying it, you know, heading into the fight. Dustin is just a more well-rounded fighter than Connor is just at the end of the day. Dustin has the ability to get Connor on the ground. Connor does not mm-hmm. have the ability to always stop that takedown. And Dustin, when when Dustin got Connor on the ground, it was all Dustin. Um now that being said, the the end of the fight was very unfortunate for a lot of reasons. I'll preface it by saying, obviously, it's a one hundred percent completely legitimate win for Dustin Poirier. I say the same thing. Like, there's people who think that Chris Weidman doesn't deserve the second win over Anderson Silva. And all, uh, no, Chris no. Weidman checked a leg kick one hundred. Yep. Like that. That's. That is, he won that fight 100% legitimately. Um, even, like, Carlos Condit and uh, and Tyron Woodley. Like, same kind of thing. Condit's leg got all screwed up. But it was, like, Woodley won that fight. Like, 100% won that fight. Like, Condit got hurt during the fight. doesn't matter if it's your leg, your arm, your head, whatever. Like, you got hurt during the fight. And, and so, so, all that being said, the only reason why there's any kind of know the right word um controversy yes yeah Yeah. is because so connor what i believe happened was connor kicked dustin dustin said in the post fight like he felt when connor's ankle or or tibia whatever it technically is uh where he felt it break like on him and then connor you know planted that leg and and it was almost kind of like not nearly as bad, but gave you kind of like sid vicious WCW type vibes the way it rolled and then Connor went down and then of course you know Dustin poured it on him and and Connor survived the round but like there are there are ref- referees that would have maybe stopped that too that's yeah, that final flurry but the the point is though that final flurry happened because of Connor's ankle but Connor's ankle was broken because of legitimate fighting like you know there's no excuse or anything like it wasn't like some it really wasn't a freak injury like it, it, it only it's only a freak injury from the perspective we don't see it that often but like the the at the end of the day connor was using his legs to try to kick dustin dustin was defending it or you know connor just whatever he hurt himself say whatever it is like he got hurt during the fight which is completely legitimate and that led to the finish so yes. So Dustin won this, in my opinion, no controversy whatsoever. Now, the the to kind of get to what you were saying when you asked the you know the question, and you you mentioned Dana White. Mm-hmm. You know, so Dana was saying after the fight, pretty much that he he's like, all right, well, Conor's gonna go get surgery. He had surgery yesterday morning, um, and when Conor's ready to come back, he'll fight Dustin again, and. On one hand, well, so here's there's a lot that goes into this. So, because because Dana also did backpedal a little bit at certain points, and he like made it pretty clear that he knows obviously that Connor versus Nate is is an option too, always. Um, but so if Con- so, Dustin Poirier is gonna fight Oliveira for the title next. Is, and this, yes, right. yes, so, so so at this point, there's no. There's no doubt about that. There's at least there shouldn't be any doubt about that. Connor, or sorry, Dustin versus Oliveira for the belt. That makes the most sense for sure. Make that fight. Now it's going to take a minute for Connor to come back. So could Connor fight Dustin in his next fight? Possibly, but but the way that I the way it has to be handled, in my opinion, is if Dustin beats Oliveira for the title. It shouldn't be Connor next because Connor's lost too many fights in a not in a well he has lost a few in a row mm-hmm. now but, yes. but but he's it's at a point where like that's I know the UFC would probably still book it because it's still a big money fight and then it's this fight it's the fourth fight and the title's on the line and if Connor wins and they run it back a fifth time and they try to make even more money and all that but con I mean there has to be a, There has to be some sort of I I know the floodgates are open with with um, super fights and and all money fights and all that kind of stuff. I get that. But like we should not be living in a world in, in MMA, especially in the lightweight division that's so stacked where Conor McGregor looking the way he's looked in his past few and then also coming off an injury would get a title shot against. It, it wouldn't matter who the who it is. Like, just the fact that he, he... Like, to give him a title shot right now, I think is ridiculous. So, so if Dustin wins the title, I don't think it should be Dustin and Poirier. Or sorry, Dustin and Poirier. I don't think it should be Dustin mm-hmm. and uh, and Connor. Now, if Dustin loses to Charles Oliveira, which I, I... I'm a big Dustin fan, but people who listen to this know. I, I don't think anyone in the division is going to beat Charles Oliveira. Like, I think the only person who has a shot is Habib, who you know, currently is not in the conversation. So by that same logic and line of thinking, I'm expecting Charles Oliveira to defeat Dustin Poirier. If that happens, I don't have nearly as much of a problem of them doing Dustin versus Connor a fourth time, because at that point, that's going to be the best way for Dustin to make more money before he's done also. Right. You know, because like they're outside of Nate Diaz, Which is also an option. You can do Dustin versus Nate. You can do Connor versus Nate. I mean, Nate's still in this mix for sure. Um, But that's my whole thing is like, I don't think Dustin would have any interest in fighting Connor again if he's the champion. But if he's not the champion, he can make the most money possible by fighting Connor again. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, he said, I believe, I I can't remember the exact quote. Maybe I can get it pulled up. He said something like, uh, here we go. Poirier says he'll fight McGregor again, whether in octagon or the street.
1: <laughs>
0: there you go. I mean, uh, you don't you don't say the stuff he said in quote Dustin Poirier.
1: Well, and see that's the other side of this too, and this is like, there I I'm so mixed on this also as a fan of like Connor is you know he's injured and he's laying there he's he's sitting down in the octagon talking trash from his from his sitting on his ass right mm-hmm. and yes yeah, see, yeah the, the Vince McMahon again <laughs> yeah i didn't even think about that but yeah he took the billy strut from him uh he he took that now too from him um th- you know the first thing that i thought was interesting well the the overlying theme here first of all is it's amazing how smart Connor is from the perspective of immediately losing and then immediately knowing how to set it up so that Mm -hmm. he has it set he has things set up after that so right when he lost I realized he was yelling a lot and then I realized what he was yelling about was he was trying to confirm with Herb Dean that it was a a doctor stoppage and not a referee stoppage, and the reason that's so important is because when you're trying to market a fourth fight, it's going to be marketed as Connor was injured yes. and lost because of injury, not Connor got knocked out. And that's there, there the perc- the public perception is very different between those two things. So Connor wanted to make sure. It was a doctor stoppage due to leg injury, which is how it is in the record books. Now, there's a slippery slope there, too, because you could also you could I don't think he'll do this. And even if he did, he wouldn't win. But because it was an injury, then you could even get deeper. Sometimes fighters will, like, appeal the fight itself and try to get a change to a no contest versus a loss. Um, I don't think that will happen. But I'm just saying, like, that's also a loophole with it being a leg injury stoppage where he he might try to get something changed on the actual records because of it. Now, that all being said, all right, that part's done. Like, he gets it, he figures out, okay, doctor stoppage. Part part one, I've got figured out. Part two now is getting a microphone in my hand. So Joe Rogan comes over, mm-hmm. and, he's, mm-hmm. and he's interviewing him on the ground. And then Connor just starts talking all this shit about, Dustin's wife being in his DMs and uh, where the after party is and talking about how that wasn't a real win and like all this stuff. And he's selling he's selling a fourth fight immediately between the two of them. And now he's put it in the position where. If you wouldn't have said anything at all, no one would even be talking about a fourth fight being even a thing, including Dana White, probably. Um, but because he got on the microphone and so many people watch those shows when Conor's on in the main event, he actually has a chance of getting that fourth fight. He has a really good chance of getting that fourth fight. But it's only because of how he he responded right after he lost. And the last thing I'll say about it before throwing it back to you is, you know, Ronda Rousey, I saw, was tweeting with him yesterday and she gave him a lot of credit of saying, like, he's a genius for for doing what I just explained. And Connor gave Rhonda a bunch of props too, you know, for being her and everything. But it just makes you think like, had Rhonda not because like when Rhonda lost, she would just disappear from everything, you know, completely. Like, mm-hmm. don't don't do interviews, don't do anything. Like you're just gone. She wouldn't even do pre-fight interviews for her next fight after she lost um to Holly Holm. So it's like. If you would have just like if you would have done the exact opposite, if you're Ronda Rousey, you're probably still in the sport to some degree and still popular. And so but like because you lost and then just disappeared, people turned on you. They stopped caring about you. You went into pro wrestling and like totally new life. But Connor did the total opposite. He lost instead of disappearing. He lost, got right on the microphone and set up his next fight. So there's a lot of layers to all of this. But um, that's just kind of how that's kind of all that kind of put out there.
0: Yeah, no, I, um, I mean, it, it's the most Conor McGregor thing he's promoting. He he knows this side of the game. Uh, we've we've talked about it before. It took him like that that one boxing uh, pre-fight press conference thing to kind of get the different groove of uh, the difference between the you know the the pre-fight mm. May antics and boxing antics. He he learned that quick. So uh, he, he's when it comes to the business side, that's what you do. He knows go you know, personal. Uh, personal is always gonna create some controversy, which creates the cash. And, and you you know, you heard it from Dustin himself? This guy is in line for a title shot, uh, and he's still saying, "I'll fight, I'll fight him again. I don't give a fuck." So uh, right where Connor again right, plays right where he wants to be. Uh, you mentioned the surgeries already took care of. I would not be shocked to see Dustin get uh get that title opportunity with Connor there and maybe talking and this and that at the fight. Even. You know what I'm saying? Like that just that feels like the move. Uh this was this was Dustin Poirier's 20th UFC win. I I don't know if we'd mentioned that yet. That just felt like like pretty nuts. Uh we we've watched this guy grow so much. But yeah, 20 wins in the uh the UFC banner. On a pay-per-view, that we we also talk about how Dana White, not one to always, you know, we don't see the UFC numbers uh, on the ESPN Plus pay-per-views as much as we used to, but feeling pretty good about this one. Uh, I believe he said the early predictions, they think they're going to come in about 1. 1.7, 1. 1.8 million pay-per-view buys for the uh, the 264 card.
1: Well, that's great for them. I mean, like, I don't know what their record is, but, uh, you know, it's probably right around 2 million. I'm guessing, for like oh, the, yeah, yeah. the most they've ever done. So, I mean, yeah, this will be way up there for them. So, that's great. And the the only thing that I didn't mention when it came to the main event is like if Connor and Nate do their trilogy and Connor wins that, mm-hmm. then then it's way more sellable. You know what I mean? Like, to have him and Dustin fight again. Like, if Connor can get in there and get a win on a... Cause it, yeah ima- Also, like imagine if like... Imagine if they did a pay-per-view where it was Connor and Nate three and the co-main was the return of Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler in their rematch. That'd be huge.
0: Tough. Tough. Uh, I think that's, that is the, that's the ace in the hole that, that might very well be the, the, the return fight for Connor, no matter what here is maybe the, uh, we're almost doing a little bit of a, a red herring here. Maybe get everybody looking over here at this fight. And then, You know, the hype video drops for for Connor Nate and uh, and that ends up being, you know, a two million plus pay-per-view buy. So once again, uh, a loss for Conor McGregor in the uh, in the MMA history books. But business wise, his name, I mean, it hasn't lost anything um, you feel like from this, even with the doctor stoppage stuff, even without it um however you want to look at it um this you know he's he's going to come back with a big money fight no matter what
1: yeah and huge obviously huge props to Dustin Poirier like straight up like one of the best fighters in the world a guy I'm a big fan of I know we I'm I'm talking more about Conor I know that's kind of it's unfortunate because most people are talking more about Conor than Dustin still right now when it comes to all this but Dustin, once again, 100. percent He was the number one contender before this fight. You know what I mean? He could have he could have fought Oliveira. He had the option. He took the money instead, which I have no issue with at all. And now he's going to fight for the title anyways. And he's 100 the guy who should be fighting for that championship against Oliveira. Um, and I'm really I'm really happy Dustin got paid so much money. Yeah. I you know, and he really he's one of the biggest stars in the entire sport, which is kind of wild to think about. Like I remember him getting subbed by Korean zombie like forever ago. And it's like, how long ago was that? Like 10 years ago? That Maybe. was 2012. Yeah. So about 10 years ago. I mean, and and I was a fan of his then. I remember him from the WBC and all that, but it was like, so, and, and also part of it too is 155 is where he should have been the whole time. He was, he shouldn't have been killing himself to get to 145 for so much of his career um so yeah, I and same with Connor, but Connor just kind of for whatever reason, Connor's power translated so well to 145 that he he you know, he was honestly his his run was short, but he's one of the best featherweights ever. Um, Connor. But I wouldn't say the same about Dustin, you know what I mean? But it but in the in the grand scheme of things now, Dustin is like a big star, and that's uh that's really, really cool to see. And and it's it's so well deserved. Like He's been grinding out, and he's a real fighter. And he's a good dude, and he all the money he donates and his charities, and and I mean he auctions off all of his his ring worn stuff, uh, and, and donates all the money to to charities and his Good Fight Foundation and stuff. Like, great dude. So, I I know I, I I talk a lot about Connor, but like it really needs to be emphasized. Like Dustin Poirier is the fucking man. Like I I. I cannot. I I hope nothing but good stuff continues to happen for him. It's just, it's just a, uh, it's just a tall task that he's going to be fighting Charles Oliveira next. Because I just think Charles Oliveira is just such a such a a problem for everyone in the division. But Dustin absolutely deserves to fight him next. Yeah, out of his last ten fights, the only
0: loss to Habib Nurmagomedov, who many say in a sport where so many goats that he could be the best of them all. So uh, quite the legacy for still 32 years old, man. So young, uh, Dustin Poirier. We always talk about how you feel like that real prime age for fighters is like that 34, 35, 36. We see them really clicking. So uh, we talk about the, that Dustin man, it'd be crazy. Again, I don't want to speak this into existence, but with how a family man he is and the money being made, I mean, there's a chance. What if this this young man's retired by the time? Like, that's almost uh, as good as it can get in a way, man, to c- accomplish everything he has maybe by that age of 35.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting, too, because they are kind of all around the same. Like him and Connor, both basically the same age. Mm-hmm. Nate, how old's Nate? He's going to be, he's got to be a little bit older. I think, yeah, he's like maybe 30,
0: mid, mid 30, like 35, 36. Could be wrong.
1: And, and those three guys are 36. So, Nathan 36. Diaz.
0: 30, okay. he, uh, he just turned 36 a couple months ago.
1: And those guys are so linked to, together and, you know, Habib, you know, recently retiring and all that. It's kind of interesting to think like, what, if, I mean, just hypothetically, like what if, you know, Dustin. At some point, you know, the next couple of years, or the next year, or the next few months, or even, you know, Dustin and Connor fight each other again, and they're both like it's like double retirement. They're just like we both made enough money, and like we're both gonna retire. You know what I mean? Like the UF and like if, if Nate wasn't far behind, I, I think Nate will probably fight a long time because he just he's just that dude. Yeah. But like, but the point is, like the bigger some a lot of the biggest stars the UFC has and has ever had. Are they could all potentially leave the sport around the same time, and the UFC is going to really have to try to build new megastars. Like, I don't know, I don't know if we'll ever see someone at Conor's level again in my lifetime. But they need to really work on trying to make that a thing, um, because even like John Jones hadn't been around. And like a mm-hmm. lot of these guys, like a lot of your like big stars might not be around for for too much longer. Once again, 32, that is that is your prime. But when you're making this much money, oh. you don't really have the incentive to fight into your mid-30s.
0: Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, especially when you have everything going so well outside of life right now, like it is for Dustin Poirier, man. And again, it's a story that you love to see. Uh, been a fan, the Fightville days. Um, yes, great documentary. Great documentary, great person. All the love, all the flowers for Dustin Poirier with this win. Again, 20th win under the UFC, the Zufa Banner. Actually, not even maybe the Zufa Banner. I think he had some... Um, but yeah, 20 wins under the UFC Banner for Dustin Poirier. Awesome, dope main event. The co-main event, and I'm going to use Dana White's quote for, uh, for this co-main. Gilbert Burns, when asked about the fight, about Gilbert Burns winning Dana White, he won... It wasn't a good fight, but he won. So Dana not fired up about the win. Did happen. Burns, unanimous decision, 29-28 across the board. Uh, how did you feel about this one? The final bell was ding, 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 Steven Jensen.
1: I honestly think Dana White needs to shut the fuck up when he talks about this kind of stuff. When he's talking about his, When he's talking about his fighters who have just put their, I mean, literally put their lives on the line in the octagon. For and- real. And that wasn't a boring fight. That's why it, it bothers me even more. And then also on paper, like you're Dana White. Like how how do you not know that it could potentially have looked like this? Like Stephen Thompson's the better striker. Like if you're talking like traditional traditional striking and Stephen Thompson is known to do the karate stance and to, and to stay out of distance and he does have boring fights sometimes, but sometimes he has really entertaining fights. It's kind of kind of hit or miss. And Gilbert Burns, you know he's got the power, but you know if the if the stand up isn't working out, he's going to go for takedowns. So like you you know these things if you're a fight fan when you book the fight to begin with, like that's on that's on the UFC if they thought this was going to be like a guaranteed banger, like that was on them to not put that in the co main event. Like if you wanted to guarantee a knockout for the co main, you should have put the heavyweight fight we're about to talk about as the co main. So like
0: mm-hmm.
1: I like Dana White, I hate hearing that kind of shit. Because it's like once again, the fight wasn't even boring. So no. even, I, I think when I watched it live, uh, I think I think I had Gilbert Burns winning the first round, and it was mainly I think it was mainly due to takedown. Takedowns, yeah, same. The same. second round, I had Thompson. He yep. he outstruck him, and then the third round, I had Thompson up until with about two minutes left. Gilbert Burns got a takedown and Take then down. hit him in the hit him in the face a bunch of times, and. And won the fight. I had the same scorecards all the judges had, 29-28. So it's like, and it wasn't boring. And Gilbert Burns is a really good fighter, and so is Steven Thompson. These are two of the best. These two, these guys are both top five in the welterweight division, where you've got these stars in the, the BMF title and, and Usman, who might be the best fighter in the whole company. Like, and these guys are, like, right, under, right underneath that. And the, you're going to be out there talking about it wasn't a good fight. are like, fuck that. That's so stupid.
0: No, I, I agree I thought the same thing I read the I read the quote this morning and kind of thought like I think of the right fight and then like you I had the same way 2928 the judges we don't have the crazy judge at this fight that has a 30 27 going one way very close I thought the same thing watching it live uh with Brett we both said you know when like you mentioned the, the late takedown in the third we both kind of were like ah that's probably it man if if Wonder Boy can't do like you know close close win for Gilbert. Uh, a gr- very good win over over Wonder Boy, who uh, I mean wins all over names all over the world, and the legacy out of out of Stephen Thompson. So, uh, Gilbert Burns, but I- I'm with you. Like I was uh, uh, took back by it, but here we are. Uh, the the main thing again, Gilbert Burns with with a very impressive win in the welterweight division.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent, man. Um, you can't like I I you I can't take anything away from Gilbert Burns for the way he won that fight. Like it wasn't. And it wasn't even, like I said, it wasn't, like, overly boring at all. Like, the guy, did he get a finish? No. No. But? But but he took
0: a pretty nasty kick, right? Is that the third? That Wonderboy kind of landed, and for a second you're thinking, oh, no. And then, you know, Gilbert gets back and then gets so – I mean, there's little things in there that you're kind of like, okay.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, Stephen Thompson has never been uh, submitted in his entire career either. So it's Mm -hmm. like – Great point. You know, so it's like, once again, when you're booking this fight, like, did you, did Danny go into this thinking like, oh yeah, if Burns gets him on the ground, it's going to be this really exciting submission? Uh, Well, why would you think that? The guy's never been submitted. Like, statistically speaking, the chances of that happening are very, very, very slim. Like, if you're looking for a knockout, you probably shouldn't have put you guys in there like where one's a point fighter and the other one, the only way he's going to get that finish is probably by like just landing a huge knockout shot. Like it once again, I think I thought the fight was entertaining. I thought on paper it was a good matchup because both guys were in the top five of the division. And like I said, if you wanted a, if you wanted something more exciting, you should have booked two fighters that you thought would have given you a more exciting fight. But like, I don't, we even said it in the, in the preview show on this podcast, I was like, this fight could wind up being incredibly boring. Like, and I knew that going into it, just looking at it on paper, knowing the two guys, like, I, so yeah, that's, that's garbage for Dana. Dana's done that with a few guys. That's just like he's done it to 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 um, Curtis Blades a few times too with like his mm-hmm. wins. Where it's like, bro, like then if you have such a problem with the way they fight, don't don't. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying like fire them, but it's like if you have a problem with that, you need to do something. I mean, you'd have to either change the rules or just not book these guys because like there's gonna be fighters who are gonna play, primarily be wrestlers and grapplers. That's um, right you know? So anyways, I, I, yeah, I, big one for Gilbert Burns. What I, like I said, I thought it was a good fight and Gilbert looked great. And he's the number, I think he's ranked right underneath, uh, probably right underneath the champion, maybe one below that. Let's see. We've got, oh yeah, Covington's right above him. So you have Usman, Covington, and then Burns are the one, two, three at welterweight. So it's like, you know, Burns, I, I don't think Burns will get a title shot coming off of that because he fought Uswan so recently and got knocked out by him. But after the fight, I think I recall Burns calling out, um, I know he called out Mosvitol. I know he, I think he called out Edwards potentially too. And maybe, maybe Nate, I can't remember, but but Burns called out like three different fighters right after the fight. And none of them were Usman. And they, and they trained together, too. Like, the only reason they fought each other was because the title was on the line. Um, but, you know, Burns is in a really good position still. Like, if he wins one more fight, he'll probably get another title shot. So, yeah, I mean, to, like, that like it really just, I don't want to keep talking about it. It's just, really, it it does bother me when, when like, if I was in Burns' position and I heard that, it's like, your boss is saying that about you when, like, he really shouldn't ever throw you under the bus for anything like that ever, and, like, there's no reason to to begin with. Like, that wasn't, I I get, I would get it if it was, like, Poirier versus Connor, and, like, it was five rounds, and all Dustin did was, like, get him on the ground, and there was no strikes, no, just held him or something. Then then I could understand them being, like, well, you know, we're kind of disappointed in that one because, you know, we were expecting more action. A lot of people bought it specifically for this fight and blah, blah, blah. This is on the UFC for booking it as the co-main event, if they if they were expecting something different. This fight was exactly what I expected. I I, I predicted Steven Thompson to win because I thought it would stay standing for more of the fight. But we, we talked about this last week. Like this was a totally possible scenario, like a very likely scenario that we saw play out on Saturday. So like for Dana to say that's just just really stupid.
0: Not the first time he said said something stupid, assured to not be the last. <laughs> Gilbert Burns with the win in the co-main event. The other three fights on the main card all finishes, uh, including this one that had the car load. I was with very fired up. Ty to Avassa, knocking out Greg Hardy first round, sixty seven seconds in. Hardy lands a shot. To Avassa lands one back, puts him down. Uh, I mean, performance of the night for Ty. We got a shoey. Uh, not much uh, to, to not uh, enjoy about this one, right, bro?
1: Dude, this yeah, this was awesome. Like, <laughs> like, and what's wild too? So before the fight even starts, tai Chi Uvasa comes out to "Wanna Be" by Spice Girls as a Fact. song, and it was like that had me going already. Like, I was like, "Oh, this is" because he he's come out to like, um, I think like Sinead O'Connor or like uh, uh, like Shania Twain type stuff before. Like, so he 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 hits me in like the '90s feels with like all of his uh all of his walkout music. I thought "Wanna Be" was a Great walkout. In the fight, <laughs> you know, Hardy landed heavy um right before Tuyavasa knocked him out. Like Hardy clipped him and Tuyavasa kind of like was like getting his uh his head straight and went right into like that's where you have to decide the kind of the fight or flight mode. Like, are you gonna try to defend or are you just gonna try to dish it right back? And he went right into fight mode and landed that crazy right hand that just it was almost like slow motion how hardy like fell like just like just this like tumble to the mat that was awesome 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 knockout like i said they should have just made that the co-main event because you knew one of the two was going to get knocked out fast so like that was exactly what we were expecting out of this fight and then chiyavasa gets up on the top of the cage and he'll he'll get a fine for it but that's not going to matter because he's going to make so much more money and like sponsorships and just like followers and popularity now after doing this. But like he got up on the cage, did a shoey while sitting on top of the octagon, which was just an awesome sight to see. It's actually there the you. background of my, uh, it's a background picture of my Twitter right now to with the shoe. And then he, um so, th- so uh, yeah, I was going nuts. The crowd was going wild. He, he was the biggest star of this show from a perspective of like, like casual fans who tuned in that didn't know anything except for McGregor and Poirier. Like he came across as the biggest star of the night, in my opinion. And then he also did its with the fans, which which is a dangerous move. Like, I mean, I'm not necessarily recommending to drink just <laughs> like this liquids from strangers. You never know, especially at a cage fight, but I don't know if you saw, do you see the shoe that had the hot sauce in it? I did. So that was Poirier's hot sauce, which is funny. But, yeah, yeah the he did a shoey from a fan It had a bunch of hot sauce in it. Um, and then Poria was asked about that after the fight because obviously chuya Vasa didn't like the taste of it. He wasn't expecting the hot sauce. and uh Poirier was like, yeah, that might have had more to do with you it being out of a stranger's shoe than the actual hot sauce. <laughs> um, but uh but uh, but yeah, I Tia Vasa, like I said, I this 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 was awesome, and what's so cool about this for him is I think he's uh, he's probably unranked right now, or like right right towards the bottom of the top 15. Let me pull up. Uh, let's see. Tied to your boss, uh. Yeah, I don't see him on the rankings right now, and Greg Hardy was not ranked either. But what's, what's huge about something like this is it's on a Conor McGregor show. Michael Chandler, we saw him knock out Dan Hooker and jump the entire division to get a title shot um, because he fought on the last Conor McGregor-Dustin Poirier show. So Chiavaz is going to get a big fight, I guarantee it. He'll he'll be in there with, like, probably a top ten, maybe even top five guy in his next fight. And it'll be either the co-main of a pay-per-view or the main event of a fight night is what I'm guessing. So, a, uh, yeah, I, I think, I mean, his, his, I mean, that's that's a great way to try to build a star right there is what with, with Chiavaz did. And there's going to be more ta- people talking about him doing the shoeies than the actual fight. Well, I shouldn't even say that, though. We so many people want to see Greg Hardy get knocked out that it's like everybody. Uh, There were so many fans. I felt like they won that night. It's like the fans that don't like Greg Hardy got to see him get knocked out. There was fans out there that love Tai Chi and know that he does the shoeies if he wins. So we got to see it. And then there was fans that didn't know what the hell to expect and just saw that all happen and probably became instant fans. So, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Huge night for Tai Chi
0: Yeah, and especially like we mentioned earlier, the, the possibility of a of a pretty good, uh, a very high pay per view buy rate on the ESPN Plus man. That that's a lot, a lot of great for, for Ty uh, on this night here at UFC 264. Um, moving along, the catchweight ended up being a catchweight fight. Irene Aldana with the first round finish over Yana Kunitskaya. TKO in the uh, towards the end of the first round here. Man, uh, another finish.
1: Very solid performance out of Aldana. Yeah, very solid. Um, yeah, first round knockout. It was a really nice knockout too. I mean, she nailed her. Um, you know, I. Though, I,
0: though uh, we have to point out, Kunitzky got thirty percent of the purse yeah. because Aldana was the. She came in
1: at what is about three and a half, four pounds over the uh, the limit. Exactly, which that's the only thing that tampers it. We talk about yep. that a lot on this podcast, but we, but yep. it's, it's it's worth bringing up. Like, because I actually had a, I believe I, I can't remember who I picked up my predictions, but I were on uh, on the podcast last week. But I remember <clears throat> when I was typing them up for Twitter, I remember being like, I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm Aldana. Like, I really was gonna put Aldana, and then I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't ride with someone who misses by three and a half pounds like that, and. But then she looked great in the fight. But it all—it also is like, ugh, well, she also didn't. She didn't have to go through the same weight cut as Kuniskaya, just straight up. Like she didn't have to make the same weight. Um, although Kuniskaya at least gets you know thirty percent of the purse. But, um, uh, but uh, but nonetheless, it was a very impressive win for Aldana. Um, coming into that fight, they were really close in the rankings. Um, you had uh, Kuniskaya at five and Aldana at four. Um, and then we talked about it last week, but Aspen Lads, the only one ahead of them that I think uh, could possibly get the next title shot after uh, Nunez and Pena. So um, but either way, I mean, but, but the problem here also is the missing weight. Like, you know, if, if there was any. If there was any debate as far as like, OK, we're going to get Nunez versus Pena, assuming Nunez retains, who's going to be the next challenger? if you have that question of Aspen Ladd or Irene Aldana, it's like mm-hmm. you've got to go Ladd because Ladd didn't just miss weight by three and a half pounds. You know what I mean? No, I'm, I'm a million percent with you. That uh,
0: big asterisk for me, but that is an important part of the, the fight game of the world of your job uh, as a fighter. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. Uh, great win, but definitely a little mm, – um, uh, the only fight we haven't talked about yet on this main card opened up was the fight of the night, seventy five thousand dollars bonus to both fighters. Sugar Sean O'Malley getting the third round finish, the TKO over Chris Mutino, uh, You know, seventy five k in the pockets of both guys. Um, and if you ask him, Sugar Sean stays undefeated. I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this fight was awesome, though it really was. Yeah, like- for real. Sugar Sean was out there. He dedicated the fight to the Phoenix Suns. He was like doing like fake like basketball dribbling, like while he was punching Mutinho in the face. Um, <laughs> it was, it was fun. He was throwing like spinning kicks and shit. I mean, O'Malley's a very entertaining guy to watch. He, his skill set is very fun. Um, uh, but Moutinho, like that guy's tough as hell. Yes. Like, I don't think anyone saw that coming, like that kind of performance. Um, this fight was great. Uh, I I have a problem with the stoppage. I know there's a lot of people that don't. Um, and I get their perspective. Like, you don't want to see a fighter take unnecessary damage. I get that. But, mm-hmm. like, when that fight was stopped, Sugar Sean was, like, he was punching Muccino. He was landing clean combinations 100%. Mucino was taking a lot of damage. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not debating that. But in the first round... Right at the end of the round, O'Malley dropped Mucino, dropped him hard, was landing on the ground and went into a uh, into a guillotine choke, and Mucino basically was saved by the bell. So he almost got finished then. Yes. But then the second round happens, and Mucino holds his own. Once again, O'Malley wins the round, but Mucino holds his own, um, and he's looking better than he did in the first round. And then the third round, you know, there was only 27 seconds left in the fight, and It's, you know, sometimes we see fights end where like the ref will jump in because like one of the fighters is literally up against the cage, like like the cage is basically holding them up and someone's raining down on them And it's like, yeah, you got to stop the fight. This person's out on their feet. Ruchino wasn't out on his feet. Ruchino was getting hit in the face, but he was taunting back at O'Malley, like pointing at him and like and and fighting back. Mm -hmm. And Herb Dean jumped in the middle and. A lot of the time, when there's like a de- any kind of debate about it, like usually what'll happen is a fighter will get knocked out, or they'll be getting hit a bunch, and then the the ref will jump in, and then the then that fighter will be like really confused, like they'll be like trying to either like grapple with the referee, like they don't realize like it isn't a fight, and that the fight's been over, like they're they're discombobulated. This wasn't like that at all, Lucchino. When he saw Herb get in the way, he was like, "Get out!" Like, I think he was yelling like to Herb, like Herb, to, like get out of the way, because it was like he didn't know that he was stopping the fight. He had, no, he was like, "What? What the fuck? Like, why?" There's 27 seconds left, and I'm still like, I'm fighting back still. Like he wasn't. So, so once again, he took a lot of damage, but he was in the middle of the octagon. He wasn't being held up by the cage, right? And and he was taunting O'Malley like it wasn't like he was. He totally had his wits about him. So. I thought it was a terrible stoppage. Um, especially with it only being twenty-seven seconds left. Like if you by the same line of thinking if you're Herb Dean, why didn't you just stop the fight in the second round Because there was mm-hmm. there was there was times where Muchino was in more dan in more danger than he was at the end of the, those when, when the fight was stopped. So I don't I just thought I thought it was a really shitty stoppage. I know there's people who, who, who didn't have a problem with it because of the damage. And I, I get I get that they're trying to look out for the fighters, but, like, I... Not not in this one. Mucinio went through way too much to be... Especially to be that continuous.
0: close. Exactly. You're so
1: close. He went through way too much for it to be... For him to... And now, once again, if, like, if, like, O'Malley would have dropped him... Yeah. Then we're talking a complete... the you know, right at the end, that's a totally different thing. But Mucinio was still very much in that fight. Like, he was gonna lose if it won another 27 seconds. But yeah to go through all that just for the referee to jump in there and then it's a tko instead of a decision and like it's it's just there's a lot to it and it's like herb dean he's just so 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 fucking hit or misses a referee nowadays like it's so like he, he just makes a lot of questionable decisions he's still one of the best referees they have but there's a lot of times where he does stuff like this and i'm like fuck man like Mm-hmm. You wouldn't you wouldn't have done this ten years ago. What the fuck's going on? So, anyways, but but shout out Sugar Show. He looked great. Looked great, uh, even with it ending the way it did for Chris.
0: Uh, both seventy five k in the pockets. Sugar Sean adds another dub. Um, the only so we you know tied two of us. I got one performance of the night. This was our fight of the night. Let's hop down the uh, the first fight on the ESPN prelim card. Dracus Duplessis got the performance of the night bonus in the middleweight division with a second round KO of Trevin Giles.
1: Yeah, uh, Duplessis is how I found out that's I'm I saying Duplessis as well. And it's then so it was tough like, I, I know, I know. Uh, Duplessis. Uh, yeah, beat Trevin Giles. Nice knockout. I mean, I was kind of run through the, the, the uh, these prelims real quick. So like we have we had that knockout. That was really nice. Tapora knocked out Ryan Hall on the ground. Mm. And that was like, holy shit. Because Ryan Hall is such an animal, especially as a grappler. And Hall kept trying to grab for the legs and, and basically pull guard and stuff. And Topura just wasn't having any of it. He was just like, he just started throwing hammer fists. Like, Hall kept trying to grapple him, so he just started throwing hammer fists on the ground. And he just, he nailed him. I mean, just Hall out cold on the ground. And that's going to really derail Hall a lot, because... You know, he was undefeated going into that one, or at least undefeated in the UFC. I don't know if he was undefeated. Yeah. In his no, he, he hadn't lost. This was his first loss, his first career fight, 2006
0: loss. And then he had won every fight since then until this, this past Saturday.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a tough one. I still like Ryan Hall, obviously, but like that was, that's a real tough one if you're him. Cause, cause if he wins that fight, he's in the conversation with like the contenders at Featherweight and, um, I always talk about featherweight's like my favorite top 15 in the, in the whole sport uh, for the Mm -hmm. UFC. Uh, Then you had Michelle Pereira and Nico Price. Those two guys went to war. It was a great great fight. fight. Yeah. That was the one that I was looking most forward to on paper going into the show outside the main event. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We got a Michelle Pereira uh, Mm -hmm. salt attempt. So um, anytime I can see that, I mean, and Nico looked good too. It's just, it was I mean and, and it wound up being a, a pretty damn close fight. I mean, I, I think the Pereira decision was correct. Um, but I, I'm a fan of both of those guys. I I I could watch either of those guys fight on any show. They're they're both so entertaining. Um and then Max Griffin and Carlos Condit, I, uh, he basically dominated Carlos as, as far as I, yeah. I mean you know, Carlos it didn't look terrible in there. Griffin just looked way better. Um, you know, I I can't remember if I thought Carlos had lost all three rounds. I know he definitely lost two of the three. I can't remember about the other, but um, regardless, I remember as I was watching, I was I I felt as if Max Griffin definitely won the fight. So, uh, you know, good on Max Griffin. Tough loss for Carlos Condit, but he had won his last, what, two or three in a row before that. So it's not like Condit's in, like, some terrible position either if he wants to keep fighting. So, yeah. Um, I and mean, these are all these are all good performances. This is the kind of undercard you want heading into a like a massive pay-per-view like like we had on Saturday. So, you know, good stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh early prelim stuff. Maya Jennifer Maya beat Jessica I decision. Brad Tavares with a split decision win over Amari Akhmedov. and then the opener, a guillotine choke win for Zagas Zumogulov. Uh early prelim action on the ESPN plus man. Couple decisions and a very nice guillotine.
1: Yeah, really good stuff. Uh, Jessica I and Jennifer Maya, that was a a war. Um, Jessica I's forehead was like slashed the fuck up. Uh, That was nasty. Uh, Brad Tavares and Ahmedov had a really good fight. Um, I think. I think Tavares pretty clearly won two of the three rounds. Um, so the split decision was kind of surprising. Because I, But, I, I mean, nonetheless, Brad Tavares is a really, really, really damn good fighter. And so is Akhmedov. Uh, both these guys still have bright futures. But you could even tell when they read, read out the scorecards, uh, when the, the first judge gave the first fight to Akhmedov, or the first scorecard went to Akhmedov, and Tavares's face was like, no fucking way. Like, I'm about to get... <laughs> I'm about to get fucking screwed out of this. Like, no way. Cause it was, and like I said, when I watched live, it was pretty clear Tavares had won two of the three rounds. Um, so, so yeah, you had that. But yeah, Tavares, we talked about him last week, uh, a guy with a deceptively impressive resume. Um, For real. You know, he's lost to a lot of the people he's, a lot of the top tier guys he's been in there with, but he's been in there with like a who's who of the best fighters that division's ever had. And then, um, and then that guillotine choke in the opener was really impressive as well. Um, so yeah, I mean this was just a really really solid show, um, and yeah, it was it was really fun to do the watch along for uh, for Fightful because we had a lot of uh, a lot of interest in that too. So uh, oh yeah, so yeah yeah good show man. Uh, you know you, you never like to see the main events end with any kind of like injury or anything, but once again I can't stress it enough. 100% legitimate win for Dustin Poirier. Um, I hate that we're seeing so many leg injuries lately. Cause that's yeah. like one of my, uh, that's one of my like really cringe type things for me is like, is like looking at that happen. Like that's one of the hardest things for me to look at is, is somebody is like leg rolling underneath their own leg kind of stuff. It's like, uh, but that's part of the sport. It is what it is. Um, and yeah, good stuff. Big night, big night for fights, big nights for Dustin Poirier. And, uh, Big night for Tai Chi Vos, a huge night for Sean O'Malley as well. Um, you know, the hype beast crowd is going to be still very, <laughs> very, very much on board for sure. This was a hype beast fight, right? I mean, it was two guys yeah. with colored hair, like, yeah. you know, but um, I think O'Malley really should get um, just for the record, I think that O'Malley should should fight Garbrandt next. I really want to see that still. Um, so I'll just throw that out there, too. But but yeah, enjoyed the show yeah
0: top to bottom great stuff UFC 264 in the books uh this coming up Saturday uh, July 17th if you're keeping count back at the UFC apex they got a card up a fight night on ESPN I believe the prelim and the main card both are going to be on ESPN Uh, a lot of non-wiki pages versus Wikipedia pages a lot of maybe names the uh you know, the casual fan may not recognize, uh, but we do have Jeremy Stevens back. We've got uh, Misha Tate back. We've got a really exciting main event. Uh, you know, hit some highlights, um, and, you know, maybe a couple of uh, maybe underlooked looked at or some dark horse fights uh, for this Saturday's fight night, bro.
1: Yeah, so, you know, obviously, this was supposed to be Max Holloway versus Xavier Rodriguez. You know, that it's a bummer that's not happening because that's like, on paper that's maybe the best fight of the entire year um so it's a bummer that that got postponed but islam makachev versus Thiago moises is that's a solid main event still uh, for a fight night i i'm gonna take makachev as my prediction i think that guy's a, a he's a real dark horse of like the lightweight division in general like he has the skill set to like kind of be the next habib uh potentially. So and I and I wouldn't say that lightly, you know. Yeah, I, you big, know, I, big words, big yeah, words. Yeah, yeah. Maka is very solid. Like I'm gonna pull up his record real quick, but he's looked really, really damn good. Um, his only loss was to Adriana Martinez, and that was back in 2015. Outside of that, he's 19 and one, and <clears throat> he's been dominant in uh you know. All of his wins have been very dominant. Like whether he wins by KO, submission, or decision, it's usually really one-sided decisions. So, um, so yeah, I'm taking Makachev over Moises, um, but I like the fight a lot. Uh, Marion Renault versus Misha Tate. Like you mentioned, the return of Misha Tate. She hasn't competed since November of 2016. Wow. So, yeah, about five years, which is pretty wild. Um, And I'm going to take Tate as the prediction. It's like it's the return fight. Rino's a good fighter, but I think she's been losing lately. Um, Yeah, she's lost her last four in a row. So, I mean, this is like a, uh, I really feel like this is, you can't really be set up any better for like a return win than Misha Tate is here. And if Tate loses, then we kind of know that maybe she's, maybe she should maybe kind of stay retired or maybe go fight in Bellator or something. We just don't know what she's going to look like yet because it's been five years. But Um, if we have the Misha Tate of old versus Marn Renault, I think Misha Tate should get the win there. You mentioned, you mentioned Jeremy Stevens on the, on the card. He's one of the most entertaining guys in the whole company. Um, I got to go with him. I pick Jeremy Stevens every time, unless it's against like a top five fighter, um, like Stevens, because he has, he's so tough and so gritty and has knockout power and he's been a, he's a real veteran of the game. So yeah, I got to go Jeremy Stevens there. And then, as far as uh, as fights that maybe are flying under the radar, let's see, let's see, who we got. Um, I don't, I don't know much about the undercard uh, fighters to be honest, but I know Daniel Ar- Daniel Rodriguez is the guy who beat Mike Perry pretty recently uh, within the last few months. Um, that was on the Victorian Holland show. So Daniel Rodriguez, uh, but he's going up against Preston Parsons, who is mm-hmm. a non-Wikipedia. Uh-oh. Which we know can always be dangerous, um, but that is the main event of the prelims. So, um, so yeah, we'll see if Dana Rodriguez gets another impressive win. He's a guy that I think we're going to be talking about more, you know, in the welterweight division going forward. So, um, so yeah, I'd kind of just, I guess, leave it at that.
0: No, yeah, I'm here for it, man. Uh, this feels like a card. The you know the fan can tune in on ESPN and maybe find a new fighter there. They really enjoy Uh, maybe get a couple exciting fights that we're not even thinking about. So be sure to have the ESPN up prelim and main card, both this Saturday, July 17th. I mean, we, we did it again, bro. We're going to be back next week. We're going to talk of course, about this ESPN uh, fight night coming up this weekend. And then uh, less than two weeks from right as we speak, Corey Sanhagen and TJ Dillashaw main event going to square up at the apex. That'll also be on ESPN, I believe, um, for sure on ESPN plus, but fired up, man, uh, big, big time fighting a couple weeks, exciting, maybe, uh, under at card this weekend. And then coming off, like we mentioned, uh, just a big pay-per-view, just a great time to be a fight fan.
1: Hell yeah, man. Looking forward to it. And then for, um, for those of you who watch the fightful, watch-alongs we won't be doing one uh this weekend for Makachev and Moises just because the the buzz probably won't be that huge for the fights unfortunately um I know me and you had talked about you coming on for that one potentially um but we just we're just not going to do it because don't something that interest is there but we'll, right. prob- we'll probably do it for Sanhagen Dillashaw um I'm going to talk to Sean about that but I think San Higgins-Dillashaw is a big enough fight that'll have enough interest that we'll probably do a watch-along for that one. So, if you're a fan of Fightful, check those out. Um, But, yeah, otherwise, this was a great night of fights. A lot of great stuff coming up soon.
0: Yeah, Can't wait, bro. If if you you haven't, if you want, please follow me on Twitter at Mose M-O-S-E-K-O-B-K. Shout out the crew. Shout out you for having me on again, man. Uh, Always appreciate you.
1: Yeah always appreciate you as well if y'all want to follow me on twitter fight talk underscore f-i-g-h-t t-l-t-a-l-k underscore um if you want to check out some uh one of our sponsors uh music city toys and collectibles they have action figures dvds autographs they have a location in uh waterton tennessee w-a-t-e-r-t-o-w-n watertown tennessee i'll just keep saying watertown from now on 101 west main street in watertown tennessee uh that's the retail location for music city toys and collectibles uh check out their facebook page they do a bunch of sales on there and make sure to check out their new website musiccitytoys.biz social media at music city toys and uh do business with them they're, they'll give you a fair business they're really nice people and i promise you you'll pretty much be able to find any kind of wrestling stuff you're looking for and they have non-wrestling stuff too like if you're just a nerd for like power rangers and stuff like i am or Mm -hmm. superheroes or whatever they've got they've got you covered they got other sports memorabilia and stuff too so once again that's music city toys and collectibles check them out um and yeah everything i got going on this week just all keep updated on my twitter once again at fight talk underscore um so yeah anything left before we uh sign off
0: no man good to go can't wait to get back be sure to check out that fight night this weekend
1: yes sir For Jumpin' Johnny Mosley, I'm Steven Jensen. Be back next week talking some more mixed martial arts.